Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Just a quick note before we get started that this is part of our Blast from the Past series, where we celebrate one of the incredible women in tech from our archive. And if you're a new listener or you're just looking to be inspired, dig into the back catalog. There are literally hundreds of stories to choose from. Enjoy the episode. It is simultaneously the most difficult and rewarding thing of my life. There are some days when you think, oh man, I wish I was just a gardener. And then you realize that no, 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 I wouldn't trade it in. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. We are in Amsterdam right now, and I am here with my Canadian Latvian friend, Julie, who has tried to convince me that she is not in technology when she was very much in technology. And so since we are here in Amsterdam together for the next web, I was like, I need to have you on the show. I can't believe I haven't had you on the show already when I was in Latvia. And so with much resistance, she is now sitting at the park with me here in Amsterdam outside the Van Gogh Museum on the grass to talk about how she adamantly is just not a woman in tech, but though she is. Hi. (laughs) Julia, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. My name's Julia. And as most people and most women in tech, I wear several hats, just like you. Um, I am the editor of Labs of Latvia, the Latvian startup news platform, as well as the co-founder of a content marketing and PR agency uh, where we mostly work with Latvian and startups from abroad. And so the reason why... I believe you to be a woman in tech. And it's really interesting that you think this, and it's something that actually comes up a lot with a variety of women, is what makes someone in tech. I particularly think you, the leadership that you have with Labs of Latvia makes you a woman in tech. And then, yes, your your marketing agency like works with tech companies. For me, that doesn't as much make you in tech. Mm-hmm. That's by association you're in tech. But Labs of Latvia, to me, is black and white. You're in tech. Um, talk about a little bit more about Labs of Latvia and why you think, you know, why you would or wouldn't be considered in tech because of that. Yeah, so Labs of Latvia is the main platform where you can find out news about whatever is going on in the Latvian startup ecosystem. And it's available both in English and in Latvian. So it's an important resource for both individuals in Latvia who are 
trying to find out more about uh, Latvian startups and what's going on, and this is the only resource in their own language. Um, but at the same time, it's very often the first coverage that a lot of local startups are going to get internationally that they can then use to spread the word about them. Uh, if they're trying to introduce themselves to investors or partners or clients abroad, then they can send over a link. And it's also popularizing, at least I hope, uh, the, the, good, the good word. And so there's a couple significant tech conferences in Latvia, Digital Freedom Fest and Tech Chill. I, I've been to both. They're both fantastic. Uh, a little something to know about Latvia is there's Latvia, Estonia, Lithuania. Are there any other Baltics that I'm not thinking of? Well, those are the three main what usually are considered the Baltic countries, though others would argue that the Baltic region is every country that's on the Baltic Sea, which is so much more. That's, you know, Finland and Sweden and Germany. And it gets a little confusing yeah. when we're over here. But, but the, the interesting thing is, specifically Latvia, Estonia, and Lithuania have this collaborative slash independent <laughs> tech culture where they're very small countries. So in a lot of ways, they collaborate together to become a stronger tech ecosystem. But yet they want to beat one another out to be the strongest of the three. <laughs> it's very complicated, right? Do I yeah, have that no, right? It's, yeah, that's very diplomatically put. That's, that's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd say I'd say Latvia is known sort of more for the generalist start tech startup culture. I would say Estonia is more known for a dev heavy startup culture and Lithuania is more known more for fintech. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. Estonia is also becoming very known for their e-residency policy. Oh, yes. So that's kind of their main international thing. And Latvia is trying to figure out what Latvia's one specific thing right. is. And one option might be drones because there are a ton of Latvian drone startups right now that are doing really well. For example, um, at Slush, the uh, largest tech startup conference in this part of the world. It's in Finland. It's yeah. in Finland. Yeah, in Helsinki. Um the uh, Latvian drone startup was pitching in the final three on the main stage, which is a really big deal uh, for so Latvia. Cool. And then another option is deep tech. And, and deep tech is um, the scary shit, right? Right. It's the really science-heavy stuff, the stuff that you can't, you know, if, it's not like I have an idea and I'll, I'm going to go make an app. And then for those listeners who don't know, tell us what an e-residency is in Estonia. Yeah, Estonia's e-residency service is essentially it lets anyone in the world become an electronic resident of Estonia and that comes with a lot of bonuses one of the main ones that are relevant maybe to us and, and your listeners yeah. is that as an e-resident then you can also then found your own company in Estonia and then benefit from Estonia's business environment so that would one one factor would be that you would have then an EU based company yeah. which is very important for I mean a lot of Brits right now are re- re-registering their companies to Estonia so that they can maintain the benefits from EU business. Interesting. Um, and a lot of um, other countries from outside of the EU use Estonia as that first kind of in because it's easy and then it's, it's also really easy. Everything can be done online. And yeah. It's just convenient. Yeah. I'm surprised I haven't done it yet. I found out about e-residency like four or five years ago, and it's one of those things haven't gotten around to yet. <laughs> but so I let's jump into it. Why, when you're, I mean, you just told us a whole bunch of stuff that most people don't know, specifically in the tech world, 
and you don't consider yourself a woman in tech, I would love to have that conversation with you. Why? Right. Well, I mostly write about tech, which makes me feel like I'm more of a a woman observing tech rather than a woman in tech. Even though you're part of the tech culture? Yes. But as a non-technical person, then I find find it difficult to call myself a woman in tech it seems like it would be appropriating skills that I don't have kind of like an imposter syndrome type type thing so okay so I do know how to code a website sort of I say that I know enough to break things (laughs) I only learned the little coding that I know well from my space on customizing my (laughs) my profile as a lot of us did i I learned basic stuff on neopets i don't know if you guys i don't know what's neopets Neopets. what is that it used to be my favorite website on the internet (laughs) you could you could raise these online little monsters (laughs) and you can make profiles for them similar to myspace and like make flowers like fall over your screen and you know all that stuff i think we need more of that where's facebook integrating this so we could all become developers but so so i learned and then i had um co-founders who were ctos and so then that's when i learned how my ins and outs of, of coding and the different types of code and um enough to know how to build things my point in sharing this is when I built my second company, my, my action sports social network, um, I, it was my co-founder who knew, knew how to code. I was the visionary. I was passionate about action sports. I was passionate about connectivity. Um, I, I am the one that raised the money. Like I went out mm-hmm. to venture capitalists and all, all that stuff. I was the first as to, to my knowledge, I built the first action sports social network. And when I say I, I mean my business partner and I. Mm-hmm. And I was the first um, person to raise money for a tech company in the action sports space. But according to your definition, I wouldn't be in tech. Right? Uh, okay. So that's why I'm bringing it up. I wouldn't want. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't probably say that because then you're part of the company that's that's doing it. You're you're raising your team. Uh, you're leading your team to build this stuff. I'm giving her funny faces. So, like, <laughs> but I mean, it may Labs of Latvia may not be like uh, it's not your company, right? It's owned. No, by, it's yeah. actually owned by the government. So, so it may be the government's, you know, uh, publication, but you're leading it and deeply immersed in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess the difference that I'm finding between the, the my story versus your story is that in your story, you are working day to day with developers to build this tech product, whereas I'm not. Interesting. But in some ways, and, and we'll move on because I want to find out when you first became interested in technology, but in some ways, aren't you moving a community forward, this country in the, in the Baltics that wants to be a, a, a main leader as a culture? They want to be noticed by Silicon Valley and other, you know, economic um you know, systems around the world that we are a country to pay attention to for the tech culture. Aren't you directly contributing to that growth? I would absolutely love to think so. And I, and yeah, and I would say yes. Um, a, a different kind of way I've thought of myself and my role is I'm like Latvian startup ecosystems main cheerleader. <laughs> right? It's so interesting to me. I think this was a great little share that we had together 
because a lot of people ask the question or have told me when I would like to have them on the show, oh, well, you know, I'm not a woman in tech. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I think it's interesting that it does... Uh, to me, um, being in tech is kind of has the same ambiguity as um, what is a podcast. Podcasting has become really popular, at least in the states. I, I don't think many people in Latvia listens to podcasts yet. Surprisingly, right? it's growing. Um, oh, is a it? A large number of podcasts have sprung up within the past half year. Oh, like interesting. In Latvia and, and that kind of thing. Oh, very so. cool. So, like. Podcasting is still very confusing because, like, is a podcast a video? Is it just audio? Is it only on Apple? Is it is it on YouTube too? Like, it's all these questions. And um, I know what a podcast is because I've been in it since 2013, and I'm just a podcaster. But I have a hard time describing it. I mean, the best way I could describe it is it's like on-demand radio that you could access at any time and in bulk. Or, but mm -hmm. still, I have a very it's hard to describe and I feel like being in tech now it's like just because you have a website does that mean you're in tech to me no just because like uh, a social media marketer nope not in tech like you know it's a very ambiguous no for sure and I think it's a worthwhile discussion to have so I totally applaud you for um, bringing it up yeah. and talking about it because I don't think there's an easy answer to that no but my final say is you're in tech. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. So speaking of, uh, when did you first become interested in the world of technology? That was mostly by accident. Um, I mean, my first kind of step into the world of tech was when I started working for Draugiem in Latvia, which is kind of this... They, Draugiem was the main social network in Latvia for many, many years. They were everyone in Latvia was on Draugiem and um, what the founders did early on they took their profits and reinvested them into more startups and what was Dra Draugiem? Draugiem social media network oh it was a social network just social okay. network yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so I joined when they started creating these new kind of startup ideas that were geared towards an uh, international audience for the first time because everything that they were building until then had been very focused on the local market. Right. So they needed help with international sales and what, and sales and whatnot, and that kind of what I guess what we would call would be like growth marketing. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And that kind of thing, and then realize that that's really not my thing. But um, the actual just marketing part of it and writing is uh, really great. So. Um, that startup didn't exist. Um, the Draugian founders, they they are quick to start a new startup and also quick to kill them. Yeah. So that one died out, but there were plenty of others that came in after them. And yeah. one of them right now is one of Latvia's biggest startup success story, which is Printful. Printful! So, so I was... Um, part of uh, I mean when Printful started it was a project manager a programmer a designer and myself in marketing and copy and what does Printful do Printful is a uh, print-on-demand drop shipping company so like if you started your own little Shopify store and you had a cool little design but didn't have the capacity to like put in a ton of money to I don't know print out all your t-shirts then you just connect your store to Printful and every time an order comes in then Printful gets the order and prints it out and ships it directly to your customer so it's like a passive income uh, e-commerce fantastic solution yeah so uh, um, so yeah so then I, I was with Draugiem for many years five years working on a plethora of a ton of different startups by the way I love that she thinks she's on tech okay <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, She's going to rethink her whole identity after this podcast interview. <laughs> no, but that is so life, though. I mean, what is identity? Yeah. Who, who are we? Oh, now we're going deep. <laughs> Speaking of deep. <laughs> this is no longer the women in tech podcast. This is the women in psychology. <laughs> so, so I mean, that's, that's when I started to get interested um, and dig deeper and then for the first year when Tech Chill was organized, which you mentioned already, the yeah. conference in Latvia, I was also um, on the first on part of the team that was organizing. I was a volunteer. Um, there were only like four people organizing the conference back then. So uh, so I was part of that, and it was really cool to see Tech Chill grow from a small event to the massive, I mean, comparatively massive yeah. event that it is now with over 2,000 participants in multiple stages and all that and how did it lead to labs of latvia so i've always loved writing and it seems to come naturally and i really enjoy it and i love like what motivates me beyond anything is spreading the the news about latvia and i just this weird little like patriotistic patriotic that's the word patriotic, patriotic little yeah. quirk and, Which is funny uh, because you're Canadian. Yeah, well, born and raised in Canada, but half Latvian and half British by descent. So, uh, but it's also kind of an, a really nice underdog story. So I just love seeing the underdog win. When did you move to Latvia from Canada? Um, after high school, I came to study in university. Yeah, so I was while I was studying, I started working part-time for Draugiem. And then when I graduated, then I started working full-time. And you just love it there. I do. It's really great. But yeah. I didn't answer your question about yeah. how I yes, got to yes, Labs yes, of yes, Latvia. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. <laughs> what a terrible interviewer I am. <laughs> but yeah, so then I was invited to um, write for Labs of Latvia as well, in addition to uh, full-time work to write about the Latvian startup ecosystem. And I think it's one of the most awesome roles to have because I get to do my cheerleading thing. <laughs> oh, and you do this cool thing. So um, Julia organized... Well, two things. She organizes an amazing startup tour, so I would love for you to talk a little bit about that. But on the startup tours, the first time I saw that she wears this like <laughs> branded crown, and so now it's very weird to me when I see her without the crown. <laughs> what is this crown? Why do you all wear one? Who is it? Mm -hmm. Who is you all? And then tell us about the startup tour too. Right. So the crowns are worn by my my team at True Six, the startup um, content marketing and PR agency. And we started wearing the crown, which is, it's a modernized version of the Latvian ethnic folk costume crown that would have been worn hundreds of years ago by, by, by girls, women in, in Latvia. And it came about because we were, myself and my co-founder, we were going to Web Summit, which is like the biggest tech conference in the world now. And I was telling my mom about this and she's like, jokingly like oh you guys are gonna have to put something crazy on your heads to get noticed and and you're like oh actually that's a good idea that's a really good idea and i have a friend who's a crown maker uh brigitte stroden and she makes these incredible modernized versions of these crowns and i asked her if we could borrow her crowns for the conference she graciously offered them to us and for the first day at Web Summit, we didn't put them on, and we were just so totally lost. For anyone who's ever been to Web Summit, you know how crazy it is. Yeah. And how, like, there's so many people. You just, you're like a sheep in a herd that's just being herded totally. from one end to pictures, the other. If, if you're American, picture South by Southwest. You can picture, I mean, if you're European, you know Web Summit. <laughs> but if you're, if you're American, picture South by Southwest. I'm not sure what the equivalent is in Asia. Maybe you know. I don't know. Um, but, yeah. 
and a yeah. lot of people. So, I mean, the first day was just terrible. Like, we didn't know who to talk to or how to strike up a conversation. There are just so many people. And then the second day, we put on the crowns, and all of a sudden, we didn't have this problem anymore because people were coming to us. Yeah. Um, so that was really helpful. And then it was also, so it's an icebreaker. Um, they're also Latvian, so we get to talk about our heritage wherever we go. And then that's, that's, we did that for Web Summit and then came back to Latvia for DFF and I wasn't wearing the crown there. And then like everyone freaked out, like, no, you've got to wear the crown. <laughs> so ever since then, it's just become a thing where like we always have these crowns. And it's handy because for, for one, you, people recognize you. So I had someone come up to me at Slush this year who said like they saw me at previous the previous year's Slush um, and they saw the crown again and they wanted to say hi and so we met and it, that was really cool. Um, but Yay, there mom. is <laughs> right. That's yeah, gold star for mom. Moms are always right. That's the the long longer I live, the more I realize that moms are always right. But the minus is that exactly what you mentioned that if you don't have the crown on, then sometimes people just don't recognize yeah. you, and don't know who you are. It's not really a minus. It's kind of like Superman or Superwoman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then you turn into Clark Kent yeah. when you want. Yeah, or what's the female version? I don't know. I don't know. We get that idea, Clarka. Yeah. Uh, Kenta. <laughs> um, so, and then, and then the startup tour. And by the way, you guys remember I shared at the beginning of the episode that we are at the park. And so, if you hear the wind going by, we're at the park. You can feel like you're sitting on the lawn in Amsterdam with us. Yes, definitely. So, tell us about the startup tour. Yeah, the startup tour was, was so a cool. super cool event. So, TechChill's been happening for eight years now. Crazy. And this year, and TechChill is powered by the government too, right? Um, I think their sponsors usually are LIA, which is a government agency, Got or like it. one of their sponsors, but um, it's not uh, organized by the government at all, no. Um, and so, I mean, all of these really cool journalists and media representatives are in town and just like looking for stories. And we've got plenty of stories in Latvia and Latvian startups. So what we decided to do was a day before the conference, we... Um, rented a bus, filled it with tasty drinks, and then invited all of uh, our media friends to join us on a tour to go visit some of Latvia's coolest startups and tech businesses. So that, first of all, they would get like a hands-on view of like seeing what the actual startups are and experience their tech. I, we focused on like more hardware type stuff because, you know, you can see it and you can touch it. Like yeah. there was like the VR goggles that we could try with Anatomy Next. Um, everyone got to print a t-shirt at Printful. Uh, Sonarworks uh, is like this, so uh, cool. the headphone thing. I still have a video of you listening <laughs> to their, uh, yeah, their calibrated sound systems. So, I mean, it was all very hands-on, and, and, and I think it was a great event. And these are not just, you know, small starter companies. These are companies really making mark. Like, I think um, the, the, the audio company, don't, isn't their primary business in Los Angeles? They have, like, a yeah, ton of yeah. music studios in Los Angeles. And then Printful, like, doesn't, don't they deliver around the world? And yeah, yeah. Uh, they've done, I don't even remember how many millions of printed T-shirts by now. But yeah. um, they're they're growing very rapidly. 
uh, Anatomy Next has a deal with the U.S. government. Big stuff's happening, yeah. What's what's so crazy is before I went to Lavia for the first time is I didn't know what Lavia was. <laughs> you know? This ignorant American over here, I completely just had no idea that about the Baltic. I mean, I knew I wanted to go to Estonia one day, and I knew I wanted to go to Estonia because I heard that's where all the developers hang out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I have to go. Yeah, it's like my my town of people. <laughs> um, <laughs> But then I didn't. I didn't know anything, and now I've been to Latvia, Lithuania. Le- Vilnius in in Lithuania is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. It's like one of my favorite cities. Yeah, yeah. I love the Baltics, the, especially yeah. the cities in the Baltics, because you get the benefit of it being the capital city. So you've got all of the culture, all of the events, all of the art, all of the delicious food. Um, but they're, the cities are comparatively like from a global scale, they're pretty small. So you can walk essentially everywhere where you have to get to. Yeah. And just to be able to explore a city by foot completely and just feel comfortable, I think it's really neat. Totally. You never feel lost. For you, one of the favorite questions that I'm sure you've heard me ask before is what's a huge obstacle that you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? <sighs> Probably overcoming a fear of inadequacy. Mm. Again, going back to like yeah. a imposter syndrome yeah. thing that I, I think women actually deal with a lot. Yeah. Um, I have it all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, quitting um, a very stable and cool, fun job uh, with Printful to start my own business uh, was something scary. Why did you do that? Uh, I was ready for something new. I mean, I was telling you about how I love seeing Latvia's name being published more and Printful isn't the only good idea coming out of Latvia so I wanted to be able to work with other cool companies as well yeah. and Printful is still a client so I still get to work with them so that, that's really cool you get your cake and eat it too you're like this champion evangelist for Latvia yes yeah if uh, that was an official title I would put that in my LinkedIn before <laughs> I ask you a couple last questions check the time to make sure because I know you have a plane I do I don't want you missing the plane because <laughs> we're on the grass with microphones yeah, we're okay on time. Okay. No, you're going to London tonight. You're not yeah. even going to Latvia. Yeah. I, so, yeah, myself and my co-founder, we're in London. She, she's there for the entire month. I'm there for two weeks. And then um, our team member is coming to join us at the end of the week. And it's all—it's kind of a part of a little workation thing that we do. Uh, last nice. year, we went to Tuscany all together. Nice. Yeah, and we did we some to work, work for your company. No, it's actually really cool. That's what one of my favorite things of owning a company is that you you kind of set the rules yourself. It's like you want to go to London, go to London. You want to take your team to Tuscany. All right, let's go. Let's, yeah. let's book some tickets. Um, and then, like I don't know, in the summer we did like a seaside vacation for a few days. Nice. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. And and yeah, why? Like having your own company is really difficult. What do you think about it? Like. It's is it living up to your expectations? It is simultaneously the most difficult and rewarding thing of my life. And yeah. I feel like that's probably what mothers say about motherhood. I feel, <laughs> I feel exactly the same about my yeah. company. Yeah. Yeah. Most difficult, ridiculously cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. There, there are some days when you think, oh, man, I wish I was just a gardener. Yeah. Because, you know. A barista. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, then, and then you realize that, no, 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 I wouldn't trade it in. Yeah. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten? Probably where put something crazy on your head before you go to Web Summit. 
Oh, um. 100%. <laughs> no, that is that that was an incredible piece. So I for years, I don't do it now. I probably maybe should start again, but definitely when I was growing my action sports business, would wear glitter glitter under one eye like a gem under oh, an nice. eye and glitter, and people would call me glitter girl, and mm-hmm. literally I would be the girl with the glitter and over the years of growing my company people would look for the girl with the glitter on the face to talk to me about my company there you go it's yeah. visibility it's branding yeah. it works and in the in the um, male dating hacking books it's mm-hmm. called peacocking yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's so true in the dark underground world of male dating <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and apparently it doesn't have to be a guy thing either. Yeah. And then what is your favorite technology? App, software, website, hardware? I have a thing for to-do lists. I love lists, yeah. lists of any kind. So I feel like it's it, it'll probably have to be a list. I mean, like Do you I, have an app? I mean, I, I, I use a ton of them simultaneously. Like which, what are a couple? So, I mean, like I do the regular like Evernote, Trello, um, even like built-in like notes um, yeah. and that kind of stuff. But lately, I've really been liking Bear. What's Bear? Bear is it's just like a checklist kind of notepad or checklist. Is, is it something physical that, or no? It's an app, so yeah. it's both a desktop and mobile. B A R E. Yep, yep. Um, it's free and it's really really nice. Really, and, and, and I really like it for note taking. Um, I love it for um, checklists. Uh, I forget which entrepreneur it was, but it was based off of a blog thing um, that someone wrote about um, prioritizing. Like, first you write down, like, the list of, like, twenty top 25. Oh, maybe it was Obama. I don't know. Like, top 25 things that you should be doing uh, this month. And, yeah. then, uh, and then identify... Um, the top five of those. Yeah. So so in Bear, I will I'll have like a like April top twenty five. Yeah. And then I'll write down my top twenty five things I have to do, and then I'll identify like bold the five other nice. ones, and then the 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 twenty that aren't bolded. Those are your avoid at all cost things to do until you do the bolded ones. I want to check out Bear. There's one that I used to use that I just started using again called To Do List. Yep. Yeah. You know, I've used that one. I like it. Um. So I, I started using something called Strides, which is a habit-changing app. Um, and so I'll put in the habits that I want to change, mm-hmm. like no sugar, which mm-hmm. doesn't count for the lunch <laughs> we just ate or breakfast, depending it's on... It's a delicious yeah. Belgian waffle. <laughs> um, but uh, Strides, so I'll put the habits down. But then one of the things, uh, one of the habits that I, I'm doing my best to change is to plan tomorrow. So at night, just do a little planning of the next day. And I don't want it to be something so rigid where it's in my calendar. It's not serious. It's just kind of like Mm -hmm. to have a general Mm -hmm. idea. Mm -hmm. And so in to-do list, I'll put down my plan for tomorrow. And then if I don't get to them, they automatically move over. And then as they're done, they're done. It's a very, like, informal, low-key way to just get it out of my head. So that seems like not only just for habit building, but also to-do list. Yeah. So we, we can hack strides. Oh, well, well, str- it doesn't work that way. Str- you can't put a to-do list on strides. Okay. No, no, no. You put things like um, uh, something I'm working on, which again is really funny with the lunch that I just ate. I'm working on like body weight, <laughs> not a scale, but like my body weight percentage. Mm-hmm. So I'm tracking that because I want to make sure to reduce my body weight percentage. Mm-hmm. No, body fat percentage. Body fat percentage. B- body, yeah, fat, yeah. body fat. Like I want to be healthy. Yep. Um, 
the other one I'm tracking so many things uh, I want to read one chapter of a book every day um, I want how to- do you do that during like these crazy conference days well I haven't on um, on these days but it keeps me mindful so that I'm not and then you could see how many days out of the month have I made an excuse of why not to like I I used to speak Spanish fluently and for several and I don't anymore and for several years I've wanted to relearn Spanish and I just haven't and so now it's in this app like spent you know complete one thing and it's about thinking it out like planning ahead like okay if I say learn Spanish it's not just to learn Spanish but how am I going to do it okay if I'm going to do be a Rosetta Stone Mm -hmm. like how are they formatted okay they're kind of like book chapters Mm -hmm. so I'm going to do one lesson a day and then that will be my execution thing and then eventually will become a habit but what I like is that after a month I could see like here's the days that I didn't do it what was going on in my life how do I plan accordingly during that time you were talking about how you went to the conference you picked up a bag of carrots I I think when we're at like at least for me when I'm at the conference already it's too late to get the bag of carrots so true so like if I know every time I go to a conference I should always have a bag of carrots and celery in my bag. It will change things for me. But if I'm not even thinking about it or planning it out, that that is what I do when I go to conferences because I saw that on my tracker, like, I see by habit I'm not taking care of myself during that. Mm. Does that make sense? I I absolutely agree. If you're not aware, then you're not able to fix it. I think the first step to everything, I just, um, at the Next Web, where we were both at, um, I was at a roundtable with David Allen, the Getting Things Done Productivity Master. It was amazing. And he said... Why was I at that roundtable? It was amazing. And he said that he likes to clear everything out of his head. And he said, and this was interesting, and put it on a list. But he's like, it's not about doing everything on the list. It's being aware of what you choose what to do and what not to do. So essentially... That goes together yeah. with my my list of the 25 things, the, the five mandatory things, and the other 20 are the yeah. avoid at all cost. Right. <laughs> right. But at least you know what you're avoiding. Yeah. Or like... Or you're making a conscious... Uh, uh, you're making a conscious choice. Like if something on the list is... Let's just say it was like read a chapter of a book. You're consciously choosing not to do that mm-hmm. rather than just not doing something and then feeling out of sorts. Yeah. 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 Like um that. How can people connect with you further? Um, I mean, get in touch with me. I'm on all the social medias. Um, Twitter, I'm at Yulia Gifford. J-U-L-I-J-A-G-I-F-F-O-R-D. Um, on LinkedIn, I think I'm just regular Julia Gifford. Facebook, I'm also Yulia Gifford. <laughs> and we'll include it in the show notes. And uh, tell us what... I know you have a marketing agency um, and Labs of Latvia. What, what can your, what, who does your marketing agency serve? Like Mm -hmm. someone listening, if they need someone, who does it serve? And then Labs of Latvia, like when should we look to check out Labs of Latvia? So for Labs of Latvia, you should, um, it's a website that you can check on the daily labsoflatvia.com, but make sure to click the little English button because it's available in both Latvian and English. Uh, you can follow Labs of Latvia on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn, also, they're all at, at Labs of Latvia. And, oh, and Instagram. Um, and in terms of True Six, my uh, content marketing and PR agency, we work exclusively with tech companies. Um, for those that are looking to uh, reach the English-speaking market, we only work in English, and we only work with the written content. So blog posts, guest posts, earned media, 
so anyone that's looking to get their word out, word out about them, if, if you need a cheerleader. Very cool. Too. So that's that's also what we do. And thank you for stepping outside your comfort zone <laughs> and doing this interview well, with me. Well, thank you for inviting me and... It was a fun time just chatting. It is fun. I mean, you guys, it's this like the sun peaked out, which it wasn't out for a little bit, yeah. and it peaked out, and we've just been sitting on the grass. It's really nice. It's it's a great it's a great yep. afternoon. Um, you guys to connect further and collaborate with more incredible women in tech around the world. Remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. Takes you straight there. That's womenintechvip.com. Say hello on social at Women Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys. Talk to you guys. Hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Hey, I'm Julia Gifford, the co-founder of True6.co, the content marketing and PR agency for tech companies that need written English language content, as well as the editor of Labs of Latvia, the only Latvian startup news platform. I am based in Riga, Latvia, and you are listening to Women in Tech. Women in Tech is an independently funded project funded by you, the community. So the way that you could support us is by going to patreon.com slash women in tech and making a small contribution. Every little bit counts. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash women in tech. Thank you so much for believing in our vision. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.